You're listening to the PK Experience Podcast, where I dive into the minds of today's impact players. My name is Peter King. I'm the host of the show, and today I sit down with Catherine Orr. Catherine is an award-winning business and PR strategist and founder of The Artist Entrepreneur, where she counsels professional visual artists like uh, painters and sculptors and things of that nature, as well as creative entrepreneurs who want to build sustainable businesses and careers. She has worked as a PR professional for multinational corporations and studied the business of art at Christie's Education uh, worked at Paris galleries, uh, per- Parisian galleries, if you will. Um, and uh, her clients have a lot of really great things to say or about her, like she makes things happen by bridging the gap between creativity and being business savvy. I find that those two energies in any organization and frankly, in any individual um, at times can be at odds with each other. And often um, one of those energies is not as developed or expressed. So you might have somebody that's super creative, but uh, lacks structure, order, um, accountability, discipline. On the other hand, sometimes you'll find somebody that's very uh, and organizations or businesses that are very, uh, very organized, very disciplined, and and then they uh, lack the flexibility, the creativity, the spontaneity. So these are two sort of energies that um, sometimes feel like they're at odds with each other, but when they kind of come together, you can create magic hap- make magic happen. And that's really what Catherine does for her business is she helps these artists who are often very creative develop that business savvy and business structure so that they can actually grow and, and not be the proverbial starving artist. If you're not an artist, there's plenty to get out of this conversation specifically from what I just said, because inside each of us is, are, are those two natures, the creative, you know, the creativity, but also the, the certainty and the discipline and the structure. Um, so, and if you're a business owner as well, entrepreneurs, I know I have a decent amount of entrepreneurs that listen to this. There is, uh, again, lots to take out of this conversation in that regard. So, uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over. Here I am with Catherine Orr. Catherine Orr, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. (laughs) I'm doing (laughs) great. official start. I'm doing great, Peter. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to talk to you. I was referred, uh, you were referred to me and I want to know more about what you do, how you do it and why it's important and how you help people and all that. So give us a little bit of background about what you do and, and that whole artist entrepreneur energy and we'll dive into where it came from and all that. Okay, perfect. Well, uh, like you said, I have a business that's called The Artist Entrepreneur. And basically what we do is we coach, consult, and teach artists to become kick-ass entrepreneurs. Because I, I know people think I'm crazy to have started a business helping artists, but actually I really believe that they are so creative and so resourceful that they make the best entrepreneurs but they need to give themselves a chance which they rarely do for a bunch of reasons but i truly believe that it's possible oh that's fascinating because most artists uh struggle with the concept of structure and deadlines and discipline and all that so i mean i definitely have that artist energy in me too and i i personally struggle with that so how do you how do you help them do that well, first, I think it's you need to embrace who you are and accept who you are and focus on what you're good at and set yourself up for success by, I mean, there's not just one way of running a business, right? So looking at what you're good at, focusing on that, and then what you need to learn to be better, what gaps need to be filled so that you have the success that you want, and surrounding yourself, you know, building a team around you. Um, that's what really good entrepreneurs do, right? I, you interview a bunch of entrepreneurs, I'm sure none of them who are successful are still doing it all themselves, right? No, correct. Yeah. So I think it's really about mindset and how you're showing up in your business and building momentum slowly but surely to get to the point where you have a business where what you're good at, zone of genius, you focus on, and the rest, you find the support you need. But then there's people listening to us and they're like, is she crazy? I can't afford a team. Well, <laughs> nobody afford, can afford a team when they start. Right? right, but it's having that long-term vision, those long-term 
um, ideas for your business and then moving towards it and building that momentum so it can happen. Okay, so how do you start? If the, the, the proverbial starving artist, how does yeah. that person start and, and get to that next level? Well, first you need to kind of delete that proverbial starting artist from your mind, right? Because as long as you think yeah. that way, that's what's going to happen, right? So there's kind of a shift in, in your energy and your identity that needs to happen so that uh, you can start thinking in a new way, a way that maybe you haven't thought of before. Uh, it's owning also who you are and what you want to become because a lot of artists I meet are even afraid of success, right? They won't, they won't admit it at first, but they're so good. Like when you say like missing deadlines and no follow through and all these like stereotypes that we think about when we think about artists, it's, it's usually self-sabotage, right? It's just yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy where we're setting ourselves up for failure. And then I think it really starts with how you handle your day, how you handle your week, who you hang out with, right? Like, that's why I created the lab, because I truly believe that we are, you know, the, the sum or the average of the people we spend the most time with. So obviously, if you spend your time with people who say that artists won't ever make it, what are you doing? Go get a real job. Um, I mean, what do you expect? But if you surround with yourself and you look for proof of artists who are successful, who are making it, because there's a bunch of them out there, uh, you'll start see, you can start studying what they did, how it worked, and finding yourself mentors, a community of support to slowly build what it is that you want to build. And be patient. Obviously, you have to be patient. Yes, for sure. So... I think uh, another hard part that a lot of artists fall into is that they're uh, artists want to make an impact. They're focused mm -hmm. on making an impact. And if you're going to grow a business, um, you need to make money. And, mm -hmm. and I know that a lot of artists struggle with that relationship to money and um, well, how can I, how can I, am I um, selling myself out, you know, to commercialize my art? Yes. So, how do you balance that? What, what, what tips and what uh, advice can you give to help that artist balance that, uh, that friction that they probably feel towards money? Well, I find it funny when I hear that because you're absolutely right. Artists want to make impact. How can you create impact if you have no money? Because I mean, if you want yes. to create impact, what is it that you want? You want for people to experience your work. Right, you want that. So, if you don't have money to buy materials to create work that's going to really impact people, that's going to change whatever you want to change or set out the message that you want to send to society, because you're always scribbling in your notebook and that's the only thing you can afford a pen and a notebook, you're not going to make a lot of impact, buddy. Like, you mm -hmm. need to kind of change what you're doing to create the impact. If you want to create large pieces, if you want to do monumental work, if you want to be out there and talking to the media about your message and what it is that you want to talk about, well, you need means, right? You need a studio, you need material, you need people who can support you in getting that out there. So for me, there's no disconnect between wanting to make an impact and making money because... Um, I mean, unless we want to change the fact that we live in a capitalist uh, society, which is not the topic today, and I don't, I, I'm not going to get into that. But as long as we live in a capitalist society, uh, artists who want to make an impact and those who are making an impact are not afraid to use the to to, to have the means to get there. Yeah, I find that. Um I mean, that makes logical sense, uh, but the, it's the irrational relationship that we have with money sometimes that, um, that can create resistance. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with that book. Um, uh, there's the art of war. There's the war of, uh, there you go. War of art. Perfect. Right. <laughs> so 
but you know, going against that resistance, um, I, I, I mean, I've, I personally dealt with this and I know a lot of other people too, with relationship to money, with relationship to specifically capitalism. I know a lot of artists fight against capitalism. And if I do well with my, there's the, it's the ongoing struggle of doing well with their art, which obviously then therefore creates capital and profit and, oh, but wait a second, I don't want to be a capitalist. I don't, then I'm, so there's that inner sub often subconscious conflict that that is irrational i mean you make absolute truth and logical truth with that but um i find that that's hard sometimes um squaring that away you know what i mean yeah but in the wise words of dr phil like how's that been serving you how's that <laughs> been working for you right it's right. just at some point um you know what i've spoken to hundreds if not thousands of artists in my career and it's one thing to say that in the public arena, the yeah. conversations I have with artists are, man, I want to make money because if I'm not making money, I can't create. It's sure. as simple as that. Like what's being said in like my community, the lab, or when artists call me or email me, it's, they're not too worried about, they're worried about like, I want to do more art and I want to pay rent and I wouldn't want to put my kid through college. Like that's yeah. the reality of what it is. And yeah. uh, if people are not seeing my art and it's not making an impact, then I don't really know what my mission is on mm -hmm. this planet. Like I don't know what I'm doing here. So that's a question I have though, because when you first get started and when you're trying to build a team and when you're trying to create momentum, um, sometimes there's uh, the back and forth between what the artist entrepreneur desires or, or visualizes versus what the market actually wants. Yeah. How do you, how do you find that bridge to yeah. where the artist is still authentic, but it's actually meeting a market need and the market wants it? Absolutely. That's an excellent question. And um, I think it's through, I mean, first you need to get really clear on, there's the aesthetics of what you're creating, the artwork, mm -hmm. but then there's this, their underlying theme, message, story, okay? And that's the part that a lot of artists kind of skip or think they don't have a message or their story is not interesting or, or they're not vocal about it, they're not sharing it. Um, and once you bring these two together, once you're able to package those together, then you get much clearer on who is it going to resonate with and how you can start marketing it so that people will buy the art, right? You're, you're familiar with people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Well, yep. in the arts, it couldn't be more true. Like if there is one place where it's relevant, right? I'm sure that you've, you know, you've, once been in front of an artwork and you're like what is this i don't get it maybe i shouldn't say that i don't get it everybody else <laughs> seems to get it but i don't get it right but then somebody walks up to you and starts sharing with you like the backstory and the different layers of what's going on and you're like oh my god this is so interesting right and it has nothing to do with what my four-year-old cousin is doing right absolutely so then you start having a whole other appreciation for the artwork and the art itself. Because most people who buy contemporary art, art of living artists, they buy it because they love the art, but they also support the artist and the, the person. It's also to support the person. So the more you start acting and sharing your message and being clear on what it is that you're trying to communicate with your art, already there's gonna be resonance in the market. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, like any other type of business, you need to do some market research, understand what's going on in your industry, which is something that so little artists do. Just looking around what's going on, how does my industry work? Where do I want to position myself in this industry? And then testing, testing your offer, what you're putting out there and seeing how yeah. the market reacts to it. Like, why yeah. is it that every other business would do that and an artist wouldn't? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm sure this varies from degree to degree, but, you know, there's the, inside every artist is that inner artist asshole. Like, I know, <laughs> I know, <laughs> better, 
I know what it's supposed to be. It's, it's, you know, it's my creation. And so I think that there is that level of, you know, that's, I think another thing that artists struggle with is when does the inner arrogant, you know, artist asshole come out? Is it in the beginning and, and, and creates that vision to, to try to get people to believe and, and rally then? Or is it, do I give, I was going to ask you, like, when does the artist let go a little bit to allow the market to maybe give feedback and input and, and have the ego of the artist, you know, relax a little bit to go, oh, okay, this is neat. And then, and then bring in more of your art when you're really starting to be profitable. And, and at that point you have a few money and you can say, ah, create what I want to create anyway. So, I mean, sometimes you get amazing stuff from that. I mean, if you look at like jobs or something like that, he, or it was, I'm, wave my magic wand and and tell people what i'm going to create and they're going to go create it because he had the resource to do it at that point mm-hmm. um so uh, when does an artist let go and and take feedback from the market and, and give a little bit well i think like the last thing i would want people to think about our conversation is that i believe that you need to create work to meet the market like in like with the mindset of is this going to sell right mm-hmm. because if you like that that would show that I have no understanding of what the creative process is. <laughs> and I believe I have a good understanding of what it is. So I would never recommend that. I think you need to be true to who you are, your values and, and the message, like I said, that you want to articulate, you need to articulate it so that people understand it. But I think what you need to, to test in the market is much more that story and that message, right, than the art itself, right? Because the art itself, that's, that's what it is that you're meant to create. You shouldn't, you shouldn't change it. for. But then, depending on what type of business that you want to create, right? Is it a business that's very traditional where you're working with dealers and you're selling to the high-end market and that's really how your your sales channels are going to be through dealers and that's what you're going to do? Or um, do you want to reach an audience and people who are like, who do you want to impact with your work? Who do you want to talk to? When you're creating, who are you thinking about? And if you're thinking about, I want to reach, you know, everybody and anybody, then no, they can't afford the $55,000 piece. So maybe I need to look at, okay, this is the big piece that I created, but then how can I create sub products that can reach the people that I want to touch with my art because often people say like, I don't know who my ideal client or who my target audience is. Like, I don't know where to find it. They're not hiding somewhere. It's not just like you need to find them. You just need to figure out who you want to serve with your business because Mm -hmm. you're going to have to go out there and meet them and talk to them and get their feedback. So, if this is not people that you're willing to connect with, you might as well maybe change your business model because you're not going to be successful at all. Yeah. One of the things that has really helped me in that regard is number one, what you just said is um, like, who do you want to serve? Um, who do you get excited about serving? But then the other thing too is uh, in my mind, it's like, what do you believe? Yeah. You know, and, and being a beacon and, and being a lighthouse and saying, this is what I believe and let your market be attracted to you because you're speaking the same resonance in your value system. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I decided to build my business to work with artists. Uh, A lot of people thought I was crazy. Like, what are you (laughs) thinking working with artists? Artists are broke. Nobody's going to pay to get your, like, and I I come from, you know, an art market background. I've sold art. I have experience there. I also have corporate experience in marketing and PR. So I could have really worked in very different spheres, areas of expertise, but this is the one I chose because these were the people I wanted to serve. But again, it's very wide to say, I'm going to speak with artists, right? Those who work with me are people like you just said, who resonate are listening to us and they're like nodding their heads and they're like, yeah, I get it. That's true. Mm -hmm. Some people email me and they're like, I don't agree with you. I'm like, I I don't agree with you and I, I, don't, I don't think that artists should be business owners. I'm like, good for you if you don't need to pay rent and buy food. Good for <laughs> you. I mean, 
that's fine. If, if, you're, if you prefer doing your art, you know, on the weekends and going to your day job during the week because your art is pure and untouched, fine. But it's, it's, these people will never work with me and it's totally fine. So you're absolutely right. Like there's, there's a choice that we make, but then we attract the people who are the right fit with what it is that we have to say. But we need to say it. If you're hiding in your studio and you're not sharing what you're about and what it is that you're saying and you're hiding, yeah. nobody's going to come and knock on your door and say, hey, by the way, here's the mic. <laughs> Tell me everything you believe. Right. It's very true. It's very true. There's, and, uh, you know, what you're doing really is, uh, I, I believe, uh, a, a huge service because there are a lot of people that I think are very heart-centered and artist driven and want to make an impact. Uh, they don't necessarily have the, the natural skill sets to develop an organization and hire teams and manage people and build out systems and et cetera. And even, et cetera. even have yeah. a sales conversation, right? They don't teach that in school. They don't no. teach that in school. No. Um, but how important that is because artists will forego profit for the right thing for their art. And that to me is, uh, uh, in such short supply right now, like um, the, the businesses that are for, that are willing to support profitable gain for their art and for their belief system is uh, it, it, it's inspiring. I mean, it's what um, it's inspiring, but it's it's also sad that people are taking advantage of that, though. In what way? Well, a lot of people are trying to, you know, either. They're trying to get art, like I, from artists, I get this all the time, like people want to get my art for free. They're trying to, you know, they right. try to like, there's so many ways that artists, like people don't realize, don't realize how much an investment and time and money it takes to create an artwork. Yes. And, and because a lot of artists are insecure with their work, which is normal. I mean, you're just taking your everything you've got inside you and you're putting it on a canvas or in a sculpture or in a photo, obviously you're going to be insecure about it. Um, unfortunately, there are people who take advantage of it and, uh, and expect artists to do a lot of things for free um, mm -hmm. without being fairly compensated for it. Yeah, that's very true. What I'm talking about though is with an artist that um, or like take a normal capitalist uh, business that is looking to grow and, and expand their revenues, et cetera, um, they may have a market opportunity and they may look at it and they go, oh, that's another you know seven figures to the bottom line. We're going to do it. Whereas an artist-driven organization may say like, hey, this, this is outside our core values. And yeah. so we're going we're gonna to put our art and our belief system and our values above the short-term profitable gain. Like that to me is I, I get excited about that. Yeah, That's art, yeah. yeah art, art is amazing. Like, yes. we should all be so grateful that we have them in our society because otherwise, uh, everybody, everything would be so blah. Yes. And well, uninspiring. Yes. I will say this, though. I, I grew up uh, with a father who was not an artist, but entrepreneur in the purest sense, where it was, let me pull out my calculator and in the market multiplied by this. I did oh my gosh, it's a billion dollar bubble. And, that, and if we get a small slice, you know, his mindset was numbers and, and money and making money. But you know what he sold was wire connect. Like how much art needs to go to a wire connector? Who can get inspired about a wire connector? Which I will say there actually is art in the engineering and all that. I, that kind of blew my mind as I was watching his business grow secondhand. But, you know, somebody needs Somebody needs to make diapers. Somebody needs to make the commodities. And I'm, I, I used to have resentment towards that because it seemed very money-driven to me. But when I saw his business on, from the inside out and the people and, and what they did, it, there, there is an art actually within the system of a very capitalist-driven business um, if people are willing to look for it. Yeah, so and I mean, that. yeah, and and not every can everyone can or should be an artist. That's yes. really not what I'm trying to say because I mean it's good that we have like I'm really happy to have a butcher and I'm very happy to have a plumber and I'm very happy like I mean but we just need to value 
everyone yeah. for what they're bringing to society and sometimes artists. And I think it comes from them. And I tell them all the time, you know, there's a lot of education that needs to be done around the value of artists, what they bring to the table and why your work is worth what it is. And the first people who need to do that are the artists themselves, right? Yes. And so that's often that type of conversation I have because there's a lot of, well, they we're not recognized, we're not this, we're not that, people don't value our work. Well, do you value your work? Mm -hmm. And a lot of artists easily talk against each other too. Huh? There's a lot of that <laughs> going on. So how yep. about we try to have a little bit of solidarity amongst each other so that we can, as a group, become leaders and, and uh, dictate also the, 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 um, the narrative around yep. the success of artists. Um, you know, it's interesting, like an artist one man's a bricklayer and another man builds cathedrals it's it's the same task the art within the person and and the vision and the energy is completely different even though the work uh is essentially the same you might have seen also um there's this, there was a great meme that went around a few years ago where it showed uh window washers people on the outside of high-rise buildings window washing but they were outside a children's hospital and so they were dressed up in in batman and spider-man and like that that's taking a commodity type service or a product and turning it into art mm -hmm. and i love I love that artist energy that can take something that's so mundane and turn it into something magical. Uh, it's it's uh, it, more of that, please. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's so many ways to express yourself as an artist and uh, that just doesn't limit to what it is that you're creating in your studio in an isolated environment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so Walk us through the process of what um, you help an artist do. So an artist comes and says, all right, Catherine, help me out. I'm, I'm stuck. What do you, how do you help them? Well, the first thing I ask them is what it is that you want. And it's like, well, it's obvious, Catherine, I want to sell my work. And I'm like, no, you're going to go back to the drawing table because <laughs> that's not what you want, right? Because if I, because just selling the work, especially for artists, like you gave the example of your father with the calculator, like that approach with an artist rarely works, right? Mm -hmm. It needs to come from a much more powerful place of who it is, like we said, who it is that they want to serve and how they want to serve them. So the first part is really to get clear on what are we talking about when you're saying that you want to build a business, right? What kind of business do you want to build? What do you want to do with your art? How do you see yourself growing with your art? So those are all the questions that we first go through, like just basically getting clear on um, what your vision is. And some people will call it mission, but what is your, your message? What is it that you want to communicate? Because usually it has something to do with a message that they want to communicate. It's not just about pushing the artwork art there, but it's creating the impact, sharing a message. And once we get clear on that, that's when we look at business models, right? What's the best business model to support that vision and that, and you getting that message out while reaching your revenue goals and business goals. Um, uh, yeah. To be clear, so what what type of artists are you do you work with specifically? I'm more I work more specifically. My background is the art market, the fine art market. So I work more with visual artists, so painters, photographers, uh, sculptors, people who do public artwork. Uh, basically, like everything that you look around your house, there's probably art on it, right? Napkins, pillows, T-shirts, uh, and then wall art. Uh, so, but not, I don't necessarily just work with artists who want to commercialize it and um, get licensed or print their art on something. Uh, I've, I work with artists really at the whole, the whole spectrum. So artists who really want to stay in the fine art, work with dealers, go through the whole art market dog and pony show and then 
on the other end of the spectrum, there's I want to have my website and sell on Instagram type of, uh, type of business model. But for me, that's not a business model. You need to go much deeper than that. And then there's everybody in between who have their own way of marketing and selling their art because they develop their own products that they, that they want to sell. Gotcha. Um, so you've mentioned um, business models. Is there, yeah. is there like a handful of business models that you help steer them into that, that are more successful than others? Maybe you could um, shed a little Oh my God, there's so... I, I don't have one specific business model because like I said, there is, there is a, a subtlety of working with artists, okay? So no artist wants to be put in a box and say, okay, this is your business model. Just follow steps one, two, three, and five. And, well, they think, they think that's what they want. That's what they first come to me and say, don't you have like a checklist that I could just follow and I'll make money with my art? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, that doesn't exist. Trust, trust me, if there was like a 10-step checklist to making six figures with your art, mm. I'd be the first one to give it away. <laughs> like I'd be right. so happy to give it away. I would not even keep it for myself. Um, so it's, it's a much more, I work much more on a case-by-case -case scenario and looking at, because I have experience working with different types of artists, it's for me, like yesterday, an artist was asking me, like, how do you know if it's going to work with an artist? Like, right. if you're going to work with the artist and if it's going to work. So I say two things. First, the person. I think it's much more about the person. Like, are you committed? Are you ready to show up and follow through? Uh, a lot of people, artists come to me as they, they're really clear with the business model that they want. They just have a lot of difficulty getting organized and they ha they're missing the skills like they have the vision, they just don't have the skills, the organization, they just don't know the steps to get from where they are now to reach that vision. So that's, a, that's often what I do to help them. Mm -hmm. But then this is a very long answer to your question and I kind of missed the beginning and I think I missed the answer, but hopefully uh, that helps. Oh, you were saying, it, what, walk me through the different business models. So, yeah, yeah so it, it really depends, right? Some, a lot of artists right now are exploring the, uh, the membership type of business model, trying different ways to make that, the membership model work. And I think that's a really, really interesting mo um, model to be looking mm -hmm. into uh, for, because one of the biggest challenge of artists is getting recurring revenue. Right. Yes. You work very, very long, especially like visual artists, the ones I work with, like you work a very long time to produce artwork. Then you make some money, you sell it, and then you go back into the studio and you're a long period without making any money. So some artists now are getting to looking at how they can leverage some membership so mm. that they have recurring revenue. And uh, it's very, very interesting to see the results that are happening. How does an artist do that? How does a, uh, a painter do that? Well, it, there's a lot of different ways. So, uh, for instance, if you look at, um, let's say you're a photographer, right? So you could have a membership where people receive a certain number of photos every month or every quarter, right? Uh, so they just sign up and they get a set of pictures either online or through the mail or depending on what it is that you create uh, mm -hmm. painters it can be the same thing also that you subscribe to get a certain number of paintings throughout the year smaller it can be prints of the paintings it can be also act privilege access right having artist talks during the year a certain number of access to artist talks access to your studio VIP access to what it is that you have to offer. I mean, there's so many different ways. It depends if you're doing B2C or B2B also. Some artists offer membership more to businesses. Uh, mm. There's a lot of different ways of exploring it. But what's interesting of that business model is that you're building something slowly, but you're bringing in more people and it's helping you to build your credibility and your community, your brand, but also regular revenue. Yes, uh, because obviously uh, the artist, uh, by the very nature of their creativity and their vision, it, like they're sort of an inverted uh, b business. The, the artist goes away, the business goes away. So 
I, I can see how that would be very attractive. Uh, and, and so these are business models that should the artist be, you know, hit by a bus or just wants to travel the world for a year or whatever can still make revenue with their art. Yeah. Right? Or say like, or say like I have artists say, well, I have this vision. I want to create this like amazing body of work, but to be able to make a living, I need to be doing these shows every other month and it's taking up all my energy and, and I'm not even selling at all these shows. And I'm like, well, stop doing all these shows that are not giving you the revenue and the energy. Yeah, but what else am I going to do? Right. I want to take a step back to, to create what it is that I want to create. Okay. So how can we look at either, um, either uh, passive income opportunities or membership or things like that, like you said, so that they can continue to make an impact and to continue to create what it is that they're passionate about. Oh, that's great. Um, Give me an example of some like of your top case studies where somebody's come along and, and how you help them turn it around and how long did it take? Uh, it depends because oh, it depends the artists that I meet. Some people come to me. Um, some have never done anything. Like they're just, they've never sold anything. And it's, it takes a longer time. Some people come to me, they're mid-career and they've, worked with galleries also one thing we need to understand is the landscape of the art market has changed a lot in the last 10 years and five years even more and three years even more so you know artists who had like four galleries representing them and then all of a sudden like maybe they're still represented by those galleries but the galleries are not selling their work anymore or uh they're uh the galleries closed and now they need to figure another way to to sell their work um so that's really how i help them um i have artists like i have a british artist um who came to me and uh, she had a day job and uh, she wanted to quit her day job and just focus solely on her art so we got clear on what the business model was going to be what streams of income she was going to focus on and uh, it happened she made it happen i don't want to say anything but within four to six months she went part-time and then within a year uh she's now doing it uh full-time and traveling and uh yeah getting uh getting um she does two things so she sells her own work and she also does commercial um murals mm. um which works really really well for her uh and she gets to travel and do those murals uh over that's, Europe, so that's great. That's the artist's dream for most artists. Yeah, yes, get to travel and do. Yeah, um, that's super cool. So uh, this is maybe a little bit of a, a, a tangent question, but do you deal and or help artists with their sleep? Because I've found that most artists have crazy like sleep patterns, and like they're up at night or their creative energy is is not always it's hard to plan sometimes so i find that a lot of artists do have weird sleep schedules do you find that to be true or not necessary? um the sleep schedule is not necessarily something that's come up often the thing that comes up the most often is how to shift from that creative energy to that pragmatic business energy right yeah. and when to do that and when am i like at my peak of energy like you said like i'm a more i'm creative in the evening but then uh i don't want to be doing my admin or doing uh so i won't be doing like sales emails in the evening when i'm mm -hmm. super creative so i think the it's more about looking at like when is your peak energy in the day? Where, what are we going to use it for? And how are we going to break, break down the day or the week? So that because a lot of the, what happens when artists try to do it all on their own, the art, the business, everything, they end up getting very resentful because they feel they're just doing the business and they're not mm -hmm. really doing their art anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's when resentment comes in and it's not fun at all. So it's really about rebalancing everything. So you have room, uh, you have room for both because if there's no art, like you said, there's no business. Mm -hmm. So it's finding, finding the right balance between the two. And it's, it's, there's not one case that I can say that it's, it's 
the way to do it. Some people like to break down their days in different parts. Others like to do like a full day studio, a full day of business. The only thing I recommend is not to jump from one to the other because then you lose so much productivity and efficiency. Um, but that's like in any in any business, right? If you if you keep looking at your email every time it rings, of course it's going to take you five hours to finish whatever paper or report you are doing in any industry that you work in. It's not just artists. It's just for mm -hmm. everyone. Do, uh, do you work with writers at all? Yes, I do. Well, some artists that I work with also write. Uh, so it's more a mix of them being artists and writers. Mm -hmm. um, have I worked with art? I have worked with more makers, like people who do jewelry or clothing design, uh, build their brands like that. Um, some, yeah, but the writers I've worked with are writers who do visual arts and write as well. Okay. Because you talked about the struggle sometimes to get into that more pragmatic mm -hmm. business mode, but um, what about the creative types that have the hard time getting into the creative space and letting the creative juices flow? Do you help them manage that as well? And yes, so absolutely. Yeah, because that's surprising. Sometimes, like, the biggest challenge, like, I start working with a client, and you think you're going to talk business and strategy, and then you realize, like, the biggest struggle is like they're not creating. Like if there's no outlet, nothing that's going out, output, you're not going to sell anything. And um, I see that, I don't want to generalize, but I see it more with women. Mm -hmm. And I see it more with women because they see art as play. Uh, they see art as something that they have fun doing, that they enjoy. So they don't prioritize it. They feel guilty about it. Um, I see it even more with women who have children because then it's like, oh, well, my kid needs to go to the doctor. I need to finish this laundry. I need to do this. I need to do that. And then the excuses pile up because usually when you're in a creative, it's because you're, you're giving excuses. You're just not allowing yourself to get back into that creative mode. So either doing like, I really recommend the book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, whatever, like whatever type of artist you are, musician, writer, filmmaker, a visual artist, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way is amazing. And if you're listening to this and you're not an artist, but you're an entrepreneur, just read The Artist's Way and change the word artist for entrepreneur and just go through that book if you're blocked, this is really going to help you because it's giving you, she gives you the, the, um, the um, authorization to be an artist, right? Giving yourself the right to be the artist or the entrepreneur that you want to be. Is she, did she, who was the one that wrote um, the, the, the one where you're writing first yeah. thing out of, the, is, that, is that the artist way? Yeah, yeah, okay. the morning pages. The morning pages, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was going to say, I've heard people like, it's like transformed people's lives. Yeah. I've started to go through it. I've done a little bit of it, but I, I, I haven't had that like crack mm -hmm. open yet of, whoa, the, the download, you know, but. Yeah, uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, I've done it and it's really, I don't, I don't do it right now. I won't lie. I'm not, I'm not in a period right now where I'm doing morning pages, but I have. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's interesting because she says three pages and at first you're like, what the, why am I doing three pages? Like, <laughs> why am I sitting here? But because the first two pages are bullshit. Like that's what happens, right? The first and that's two the blog, right? Yes. And then it's really interesting to see what comes out of it. And um, that's really, that's really, that book and The War of Art are basically the two books I recommend to my clients who are not, uh, are, are not creating uh, in a way that fulfills them at, at the moment. Because I won't say enough because everybody has a different flow and a different rhythm. But mm -hmm. if their rhythm is not good enough for them, then I, uh, I recommend those two books. Absolutely. Well, the other big thing about the morning pages is like that transient state of mind that you're in when you first wake up, right? It's not mm -hmm. just sitting down in the middle of the afternoon and doing it, it's like in that where you're 
your your conscious mind is not super sharp yet and you're yeah. right right like and yes and also giving yourself putting yourself first first thing in the day that's what <laughs> also is very powerful right instead of being at everybody else's service and answering an email or doing this or doing that you're starting the day focusing on you uh, and then you can be there for everybody else. And the other powerful thing about Julia Cameron is, uh, is the artist date, right? So she recommends that you go on an artist date once a week. And that's just for fun, just for play. Because to be honest, like, when's the last time like, that you got uh, like, that illumination, that inspir inspiration six inches from your computer? Mm -hmm. Never. I mean, that's not where the inspiration happens, right? It's when you go for a walk in the, in the nature. It's when you go for a workout. It's where you go to the museum. You go see a movie. You talk with friends. Like, that's your cooking, right? That's when it just happens. It doesn't happen when you're in front of the computer. And like, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. Like, it's never going to happen. No, it's not. It's not. Did you know that... Uh, Cooking is the only art, I, I was told this, it's the only art that involves all five senses. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. It does make sense. Yeah. I, when I thought about that, I was like, I just, I don't know, I had a new uh, appreciation for like Top yeah. Chef and all those, they're, they're true artists. Like, yes, it, and it's, it makes sense, which is kind of cool. And it's very Buddhist because it's ephemeral, right? Mm. Once it's, consume there is no more of it uh, so it's also very um, buddhist uh, -huh. mm -hmm. <laughs> uh do you cook yeah i do i do i do yeah. i'm a pretty good cook but i don't necessarily give i don't necessarily um prioritize um doing long elaborate uh meals these days but uh yes i do make a point of cooking healthy foods uh for my family that's really important for me yeah yeah there's something about cooking or frankly any art that's just so therapeutic that's so i don't know it's hard to put into words it just um it, it, it's connected it's yeah. uh, you know that um it's it's really the process of reaching into the ether and and make manifesting it right before you that process is is for those that aren't creative, um, it's an exhilarating process. Yes, it is. Yeah. And for, for me, it's a huge uh, gratitude experience also because every time I cook, I'm just so grateful to have the choices to live in a country where I have the choices to eat whatever I want to eat and I can just go to a store and buy it and then I can smell it and touch it and taste it yeah. and it's all in front of me. So it's uh, some it's values that I that are important to me and that I try to teach my children because we take it so much for granted um yeah, yeah. very true well you know that's actually a really interesting idea where um you look at countries that don't have that freedom that don't have that openness that don't have that support for taking a risk and this and the laws and the strike to create a business, to start a business. And, um, you know, and, and you look at some of these artists in other countries that are thrown in jail for their art. Mm -hmm. uh, it truly is a privilege to be able to, to do that for sure. Um, where did you, where did inspiration this come from? Like, I'm sorry? Where does your inspiration to, to create this, to create your art, to help other artists, where did that come from? The first inspiration came at six years old. It's very specific. I remember it very clearly. Field trip. First time I went to a museum, I saw the auto portrait of a French-Canadian artist called Bordua, and it blew my mind. Like all the other kids were just running in the museum, and I was just That's sitting so there, and I was just like, oh, I want to stay here forever. Like, I just want to stand here and watch this forever. So I've had what a is love. The the, uh, it was an auto-portrait. So it was a self-portrait, sorry, uh, of an artist called Paul-Emile Bordua, who's a very well-known uh, artist here in Quebec, uh, Canada. And uh, after that, I studied art history. 
and uh, I was just passionate about it. But I decided to do my undergrad studies in um, marketing and PR because my art history teacher told me not to go in art history because I would never make a living in the arts, <laughs> which is You're kind of ironic. And and then uh, once I had a corporate job and I worked in the corporate environment for few years, I just sold everything, packed my bags, and went to study the art market and art history at Christie's, the auction house. Um, okay. And that's really when everything started to turn around. I started working at in art galleries with dealers and doing international art fairs and really getting a good understanding of how, um, how this whole industry works. And then seeing... That was just the time also where social media started and then artists were like, and, and there was a crash of 2008. So what's going to happen with artists? Galleries are closing. Do I need a Facebook page? I heard about this thing. It's called Facebook. Do I need a page? Like people are, my, my brother-in-law tells me I need to go on Facebook. What does that mean? So, um, so that's really how it all started coming together. Um, and then me starting consulting with artists. When you would go to the international shows, um, did you notice a difference in uh, like, like how much impact does does the various cultures have on on art? Is it is it original thought or is it culturally influenced? And and I mean, obviously, there's cultural influence, but uh, I, I'm just thinking how much of art is just truly, genuinely authentic and original versus you know, um, influence from an outside external source. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And I think one cannot go without the other, like, because, but sometimes, sometimes you'll look at an artwork and you can't tell if where that artist is from, like it doesn't have any, any, uh, indication, like just by looking at the artwork, if you don't see the name and the name doesn't give you an idea of where they're from, uh, but usually when you start reading their bio and what their work is about and why they chose certain, sometimes it's in the medium that they choose, sometimes it's in the iconography or the aesthetics, but there's always going to be um, influence one way or the other because no, no artist is an island, like they all work through influence of their environment. So, yeah. Um, this is a little bit of a left field question. Uh, so a lot of people are talking right now about artificial intelligence and yes. how it is um, automating you know, everything and not just your standard like logical stuff, but it's starting, you know, I'm in the marketing space too. And, and they're like, yeah, AI is going to be doing copywriting. And I'm like, really? That's creative. There's a lot of creativity that goes into that. How, have you seen or, or do you, like, how do you see um, or foresee AI impacting artists and uh, or, yeah, w w go ahead. You had something to say on that. I'm <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to miss it, but I, it's, I don't know if it's Christie's or Sotheby's, but six months ago, the first artwork um, that was entirely created by AI was sold at auction. Oh, wow. Okay, so it happened about six months ago. It's one of the two big auction houses, probably Sotheby's, probably Christie's, I'm not sure. If you Google it, you'll find it. And it was sold, again, I don't want to lie, but I think it was 40, uh, 40 times the estimate. Okay, so, oh. yeah. So one thing you need to understand, one thing you need to understand about how the auction wor world works is that they'll, often put the estimate lower then they'll market the piece and then they'll so that way it becomes a big marketing stunt to say mm -hmm. oh we've sold it 40 times higher than the estimate that we put on okay so right. you need to take some and leave some but still uh, it was sold at a six figure um six figure number which is amazing and it was made i think but it's a, it was a collective i think it's two or three guys who made that painting um, I do know some artists who are working and I can't really say much because there's confidentiality stuff, but 
I know artists who are working on art artificial intelligence in very different ways uh, to develop their art. And it's super interesting. It's super interesting the way they're using it. They're either using it at to create the output or they're using it in their process. Um, okay. So yeah. when you said that that first piece that was sold, uh, yeah. the piece, then you said there was two guys that did it. Yeah. Did they use the AI in their process or in the? Oh, output? they created that one is completely like it's a painting created with a machine through AI. So how they did it, I don't exactly. I don't have the whole idea, but like I know of an artist also. What she does, she has like she plugs whatever it is. She plugs on her head, and then she kind of envisions what it is that she wants to paint and the machine paints it for her. That's, that's a whole nother level mind blowing. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And we're entering into some but, fascinating times. But it's fascinating, but you see just looping back to the first thing we talked about, if you don't have cash, you can't make these things happen. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so these artists, they have amazing visions, but they need to be also really good business people to get the funding and the partners together to make these things happen. Otherwise, it's never going to advance. That technology is never going to advance. Um, did you? Yeah. Uh, did you? Uh, are you an artist? Do you paint? Do you? No. no. I am an artist in my heart, but I am not a. I don't know. I've I've always been the 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 artist cheerleader, the artist very godmother, but I uh, don't do, uh, no, no. Uh, have you heard of that um, study that they did where they, they asked like uh, preschool kids, they said, who here likes to draw? And everybody raised their hand. And then they asked kindergartners and then they asked first graders, who, you know, second graders, who here's an artist, you know, 80% of the room. And then by the time they got to like fifth and sixth grade, it was like three kids, you know, yeah. it's, and that's interesting. Cause I, we're all artists to some degree. We all yeah. have that creative uh, bone in us, if you will. Um, so was there ever, was there ever for you, was there ever that uh, desire to become an artist? Oh or? yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I was an artist until maybe I hit 10 years old and I can see it with my children and uh, my son stopped enjoying anything that was craft and anything that was art the minute he developed his inner critic. There's like See? a direct correlation. My yeah. daughter, my daughter, she couldn't care less. Like she'll like, she's a bulldozer. She doesn't care what people think. She, her inner critic is like, can like, can go whatever and do whatever, but she's like ultra focused and she really doesn't care. But my son, he's much more self-conscious and I see it. And, um, and it has nothing to do with, like, I know that for me, what stopped me is like people, like I remember having conversation with um, my grandmother and my grandmother saying, no, you will never be this or that. You will be a teacher, a nurse or a, um, how do you say the airline, um, how do you say people who stewardess. work? Stewardess. Yeah. So those oh, are. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And she thought, and she said, she said, you're, you live in the, like I was in, it was in the eighties. And she said, you're so lucky. You have all these options. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. Thanks grandma for all these options. But for her, it was like, she was being really, uh, open-minded that I could do all yeah. the things right you could you could cook you can make your husband sandwiches barefoot in the kitchen whatever <laughs> you want to do yes exactly funny, but, funny. but I can see that like even my son who obviously <laughs> we encourage him to become whatever he wants to become but it's the inner critic it's the inner critic I'm not good enough <sighs> mom I'm not good at this and if I'm not good at it and it's not instant gratification like a video game uh i i don't want to do it so it's so sad it's so <laughs> sad you i you got to get out a a uh, a canvas and throw some paint on it you you know reinvigorate that artist within 
Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, my daughter wants me to do it, so maybe we'll do it together. That's awesome. Um, well, Catherine, this has been an a enlightening and fascinating conversation. Where, where can somebody go to find out more about your business and what you do? Uh, they can find me on my website, theartistentrepreneur.com, and also just under my name, Catherine O'Hare, on Instagram. Uh, I love connecting with people there as well. And for those that didn't pick up precisely how to spell and, and, and enunciate your last name, it's spelled O-R-E-R. So Yes, yes. You can find me at Catherine O-R-E-R on Instagram or just theartistentrepreneur.com is really, really easy to find. It's uh, than me trying to say it. I butchered it before, <laughs> before we started recording. So uh, Catherine, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to connecting sometime in the future. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Bye.